Well, it is Father's Day. A friend of mine in Sugarland once said to me, Herschel, I don't think I'm going to go to church again ever on a Father's Day. He said, uh, we go on Mother's Day, and whoever's speaking always is just talking about how fantastic moms are. They read poems about moms. Uh, they have testimonies about how great their moms were. And then Father's Day comes, and the preacher gets up and says, Now, men, this is how you can be a good father. This is what you need to stop doing, and this is what you need to start doing. So uh, anyway, my friend Wynn Volkamp, just in case he's listening today, I remember you saying that. So I'm not going to be preaching at the fathers today. I am going to start by having us ask ourselves this question. What kind of earthly father do you have or did you have? And if you are a father, what kind of father are you? And I want to say, regardless of the answer, we all know what an ideal father should be like. Everybody knows what an ideal father should be like. Loving and supportive, wise, effective disciplinarian, modeling fairness, modeling morality, modeling justice, faithful to their wives, pointing us to faith in Jesus, leading in adventure in life. We all know that, and some of us had fathers who came near to that. I had a really great dad. He's been gone now for 15 years. Awesome father. But I, especially as I got older in life, realized his mistakes and weaknesses. But I was smart enough not to be too critical because by that time I was starting to have my sons, our sons, we ended up with five sons, and my word, I found out really, really quickly how difficult it is to be an ideal dad, to be the perfect father. I failed in so many ways. Lucy and I have had the great privilege this week of having uh, our, our number three son visiting from Alaska with his wife and their newborn baby boy, and our number two son visited um, yesterday with his four children and his wife and watching them with their kids was such a blessing to me. They're doing a really good job, but I know that they're going to fail in some ways. So where does the image, where does that image of the ideal father come from? Well, it starts with creation. The Bible reveals that by the act of creation, God is our father. It's not a common expression in the Old Testament, uh, the term re referencing God as our Father, but it is there. It is in the Old Testament. God was revealed as the Father of love from the beginning. I want to say it again. God was revealed as the Father of love from the beginning. And we begin to see a little bit of reference to that. For instance, in Deut Deuteronomy 32.6, the Lord says to the people of Israel who have been rebellious against Him, Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't He your Father who created you? Has He not made you and established you? And I know in some of these Old Testament references, He's really referring to, to God being the Father of the nation of Israel, but it still has a personal application. Isaiah 64, 8 it says, and yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. So the New Testament, the Old Testament begins to reveal God as our Father. It's not a 
full-formed picture. We'll get a better picture of it in a little bit from a quotation from Psalm 103. We're in a series called Beginnings, and John has led us the last couple of weeks through early passages in Genesis, uh, primarily dealing with how God created us with His image in us. And I want to follow with that today. In fact, I'm going to share some of the same text that John has used. The first one is in Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, over the birds in the sky, over the livestock, over all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. In chapter 2, that was from chapter 1, God reveals, the Bible explains in detail how God made Adam from dust, breathing His own breath into Adam so that he became a living person. Chapter 2 reveals how God planted a garden in Eden for the man to tend uh, and how God gave careful instructions about life in the garden. And those instructions include this from chapter 2. Some of the texts I'm sharing are not going to be on the screen. There are just too many of them. Chapter 2, verse 15, The Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And then the father created Eve from Adam's side, with the emphasis on now they're going to be complete, especially Adam. He needs to be completed by God making this woman for him. The picture in Genesis is again of a perfect father taking care of his children. And Adam is very happy about Eve's creation. In Genesis 2.23, he says, at last. (laughs) I know what he means. I know how he felt. Later in chapter 3, there is evidence that God spent time with Adam and Eve in the garden. He, He didn't just create them and put them in the garden and provide for them and warn them and abandon them. He didn't do that. Evidently, he walked with them in the garden. So we have this picture of the perfect father, the creator, who doesn't, you know, he doesn't just create and say, that's good, and then hands off, and good luck, nothing like that. But he remains involved. He's teaching He's communing, he's fellowshipping, he's the perfect father. He's warning them of danger and he gives them one very strict command and warns them that if they do this, they will die. And then this brings us to the next big thing I want to say. Right in the beginning, the devil was revealed as the father of lies. Right in Eden. So the father, so God is revealed as the father of love. And right away, God's enemy, who chooses to be our enemy, is revealed as the father of lies. He has this interaction with Eve, and you know that Adam was right there when that was happening. And he says to them, in complete contravention to what God has said, 
you will not die. You will not surely die. And there he introduces deceit and lying into the creation. And this phrase, father of lies, is not original with me. Jesus is the one who called the devil the father of lies, the father of lies from the beginning. And so I'm going to read from John 8, 44 through 45, and this will be on your screen. Jesus interacting with people who are calling him demon-possessed. They are religious instructors. They are the pastors and Bible school presidents of the day. And he's been healing the sick and delivering the oppressed and teaching the truth. And they say, well, you're delivering people from the devil because you, you have a demon. And so Jesus then says to them, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. Now listen, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. I don't know how you can avoid thinking back to the Garden of Eden and Eve and Adam's interaction with the devil where he says God is a liar. The people are saying to Jesus, you're a liar. You're of the devil. The exact opposite of the truth. It's exa exactly what the devil did in the garden. The father who created you is a liar. Believe me. And so this is the way things got off on the wrong foot with the human race, I would say, to put it mildly. And as the father of lies, the devil sets himself the task of destroying the image of God in us. So let's just review this real quickly. God, the father of love, creates our ancestors, creates us in his image. He does it by sharing his very breath with us. And he creates Eve right out of Adam. It's the most wonderful, beautiful expression. And he's, he's friendly with them. He loves them. He instructs them. He walks with them. He's a fantastic father. And the first chance they get, they believe the other father, the father of lies the father of destruction. And so the human race was plunged into chaos. And guess what? As the, as the image of God in us begins to be destroyed by our alliance with the father of lies, we find this terrible thing. Ultimately, all descendants of Adam and Eve, all people rebel against the father of love. No exceptions. All people rebel against the Father of love. Everybody who's in this room this morning, everybody who's listening, uh, watching on your computer screen, you have at some point rebelled against the Father of love and followed the Father of lies. This is the trap. This is the snare that the enemy has set for the human race. So, instead of believing the Father of love, 
our ancestors believed the father of lies. The image of God in them was broken. They began to die from that moment. The chaos and tragedy that we experience in the world began. And we've all been like Adam and Eve, every one of us. Here's a verse, if you were raised in Sunday school, and I know a lot of you weren't, but if you were, you, you learned it when you were young. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No exceptions, except one. And that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only one who never sinned, who never had the image of God broken in him. So what I want to do now is to explore the contrast between the father of love and the father of lies on this Father's Day. We're going to follow the father of love, I hope, but we're going to just look at a series of scriptures that contrast the father of love with the father of lies because really where we're headed with this is we all, we all must... <laughs> If we want to come out of chaos, come out of tragedy, come out of terrible situations, we all must put our faith in the Father of love and follow Him and follow Him alone. Well, we don't get a full introduction to the Father of love till the coming of Jesus described in the New Testament. But as I said earlier, He is there in the Old Testament. For example, in Psalm 103, just listen to this. Just let the Lord minister this to you. Verses 8 through 14, Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14, the psalmist says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. See, here's the father of love. He's filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us. For all our sins, he does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Now listen, listen. The Lord is like a father to his children. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. So the, the Old Testament presents its background. It begins to introduce us to the father of love. And then we come to the New Testament and right away uh, the picture is completed through Jesus Christ. And, and perhaps... Most people uh, watching today, you know John 3.16. This fantastic condensation summary of how much the Father who created us loves us. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you and me. For God so loved every human being that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. So right away, early in the book of John, the Father is described as being of infinite love. And Jesus, of course, isn't just the Father's Son. 
He is also God. So as Jesus comes in His very being, He reveals the very nature of God's love. In fact, the book of Isaiah says that He will be called the Everlasting Father, that Jesus Himself would be called the Everlasting Father. He's not the Father. Uh, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But Jesus so represents the Father that He may be called the Father. Because when you see Jesus, you find out how much the Father loves you. He is called the Everlasting Father. So as we think about this and you want to know what the Father's love is like, just remember to look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the full expression of the Father's love. And Jesus taught us, when you pray, pray like this, Matthew 6, 9. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept as holy. We, we prayed it earlier. So Jesus wants, wants the human race to shift its image away from just an all-powerful being who's ruling over the universe and zapping you if you do something wrong. In fact, Jesus completely rejects that view of the Father. And he says, this is to be your approach to God, to Almighty God. When you pray, start like this. Our Father. My Father. I love that. Don't you like that? What if, what if Jesus had said, when his disciples came and said, teach us to pray. And what if he had said, okay, here's how you start your prayer. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, Oh, thou great, <laughs> thou great abuser of sinners. Oh, thou art greatly to be feared. But we dare to approach you today with fear and trembling in our heart that you do not destroy us as we bring our humble petitions to you. No, Jesus said, when you pray, say, Dad, our Father, my Father. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's wonderful. And there's so much more in the New Testament that we can just barely introduce it. I just want to recommend to you this afternoon on Father's Day, mothers and fathers alike and kids alike, get out your Bible and read Romans chapter 8. It's just amazing as it reveals the Father's love. But this contrast between the Father of love and the father's, Father of lies. In John 10, 10, Jesus describes the Father of lies this way. He says, the Father of lies is a, is a thief, and the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the Father of lies. Okay? So think of that over here. He's a thief. His whole occupation... His whole strategy, his whole initiative, everything he does is meant to steal and kill and destroy. That's the father of lies. The father of love on the other side. Remembering that Jesus is God in the flesh and he's a perfect representation of the father of love. He immediately contrasts the father of lies with himself representing the father of love in the same verse where he said, the father of lies, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
So thinking of the father of love and the father of lies, the father of love, his whole existence in reference to you is to grant you a full and abundant life. And the whole existence of the father of lies is to destroy you. I wish we had all of our church people here so I could hear you all say amen. But could the ones in the room say amen? amen. It would make me feel a lot better since I can't hear it from the folks out there. Think of the contrast. And think of how stupid some of us have been thinking, okay, let's see, am I going to follow God? Or am I going to follow this dude over here who tells me that God is a liar? Let's see. If I go this way, I'm not allowed to lie. I'm not allowed to steal. I'm not allowed to murder. I'm not allowed to get drunk. I'm not allowed to abuse drugs. I'm not allowed to have immoral sex. I'm not allowed to commit adultery. I'm not allowed to covet over here, I'm allowed to do all those things. I can do anything I want. I'm going to go with this dude. I'm going to go with a guy who says God's a liar. Whoa, 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 whoa. This guy, his whole strategy is to destroy you. And he's pretty good at it. The father of love, his whole strategy is to give you life, an abundant life. So here's a contrast. A major contrast we find in Ephesians chapter 2, and this one is going to be on the screen. The father of lies is represented in verses 1 through 3. And I want you to, I want you to be the you in this passage, all right? I want you to be the you in this passage. As for you, and I want to say, as for me, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. I was dead in my transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's the father of lies. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's the way of the father of lies. Now, reading verses 4 through 7, we find the way of the father of love. But God, let's read it like, I better read it the way it's written on the screen instead of the way I have it memorized. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So on the one hand, you have the father of lies who keeps you in a 
state of chaos and self-destruction, who is wanting your destiny to be just to come under wrath, the wrath of God. On the other hand, you have the father of love whose every motive toward you is to give you life, to give you abundant life, who out of the riches of his mercy wants to take you right where you are, just as you are, right in the midst of your transgressions, right in the midst of your sin, right in the midst of your rebellion, right in the midst of your death, and he wants to rescue you from that and put you in the realm of Jesus' love and have you sit down in the presence of Jesus. And for all eternity, he wants to kind of keep you close to him and keep revealing his grace to you, his mercy to you. It doesn't sound like much of a choice to me which father I'm going to line up with which father I'm going to respond to, which father I'm going to believe, which father I'm going to follow. And yet for many years of my life, I followed this dude, this destroyer. I was almost 19 when the Lord intervened and right in the midst of my transgressions caused me to be born again to a living hope and seated me in Christ. If you've been straying from that place... If you've been listening to the father of lies, you're a believer in Jesus, but you've been listening to the father of lies, the Holy Spirit today is compelling you, constraining you, pulling you back into the presence of the father of love. If you've never come to that place of being rescued from wrath, he's inviting you to do that today. Just a couple of more contrasts here. Just to show, just to show, just in case you're still wondering, somebody listening, somebody watching on your computer screen, and you're, something's tugging at you to, to get out of the clutches of the father of lies and to, and to receive the love and mercy of the father of love, Think of this contrast. So Jesus in his earthly ministry one time went across the lake to a place called Gerasene and there he encountered a demon-possessed man. This man was completely captivated by the father of lies. I don't know how it started in his life. No one starts out that way. But at some point he believed the lie of the devil and he went to that side and now he's living among tombs and he's screaming and yelling and they bind him with chains and he breaks the chains and he won't wear clothes. Um, it's a terrible mess. We see, we see in that man exactly what the father of lies wants to do to you and what he wants to do to every human being. He wants to completely destroy the image of God. He wants to completely destroy God's work in your life. He wants you to end up as a miserable wretch. That's his ambition. And Jesus delivered that man. He cast out the demons. And then the people heard about it. It was an amazing story. I'm leaving most of it out. You can read it in Luke 8. The people went out and see what had happened. 
When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. What a contrast. Freed from the father of lies, restored to the image of God, no longer cutting himself, no no longer screaming and running around naked, which is a perfect image of what the father of lies wants to do in your life, at least spiritually. If that's you, in some way, your life is disordered and in chaos because you've been following the father of lies even a little bit, Jesus is coming to you right now and he's saying, come on, I want you clothed and in your right mind. <laughs> I, want you to, I want to recreate my image in you. I want you to become all you can be. I want to give you life. I want to free you from the snare, from the father of lies. So what shall we do? I'm going to suggest four things. First of all, if your earthly father is alive, honor and pray for him. Especially my five sons, if you're listening, honor me. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) You do a great job. You do a great job. But if your earthly father is alive, honor and pray for him. Secondly, if you are a father, pray to be like the father of love. And he will begin working in your life the rest of your life to help you become more and more like him. Thirdly, Pray for all the fathers of our church. We fathers need a lot of prayer. We need a lot of help. And number four, and really the thing the Lord has put on my heart for today, is to choose the father of love and reject the father of lies. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer now that will give you an opportunity to do that. It's a prayer we often pray at Mission Vineyard Church, and though I asked the Lord into my heart many, 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 many years ago, I always pray this prayer when we pray it in church. So I'm going to ask you to pray it with me, even if you're in a good place with the Father of love. But if you're not, here's an opportunity to leave the realm of the Father of lies to whatever extent you're over there. The Father through Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit, is pulling you out of that place into His glorious healing presence where He wants to complete His image in you. So, let's pray together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray it slowly so that you have a chance to repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Now just take a few moments to ask for God's forgiveness for anything particular that is on your conscience. Particularly, confess it if you've been listening to the father of lies. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. 
Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So on this Father's Day, let the Father of love restore you to the image of God. One more verse, fantastic verse, which kind of sums all this up. 1 John 3, 1-3. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. It's not over when Jesus comes back. It's going to get better and better and better through all eternity. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as He is pure. Oh, keep your hearts open to the Father of love. Now, there is going to be a Zoom link on your screen for you to go into a prayer room. There will be people who will meet you there on your Zoom. And you will be, one of the people will be asked to join you in a separate room and you can share any prayer needs you have and you will be prayed for. And so it could be for physical healing. It could be you need somebody to pray with you about what I've shared in my sermon about um, beginning to fo follow the father of love instead of the father of lies. It could be for spiritual healing, deliverance. It could be to receive spiritual gifts, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It could be for a job. It could be for a relationship. Whatever you need prayer for, I want to urge you not to turn off your session until you go to the prayer room today. There's some fantastic people there who have had a lot of experience in praying for people, and we, we see wonderful, wonderful answers to prayer. A few weeks back in, in, with that group of people, uh, there was a word for an elbow to be healed. It was me. They prayed for me, and I was healed. So um, go there today. God bless you. Oh, yes, they're, they're signaling me wildly that I'm about to forget something very important. So every week, a group of people meet at 9 a.m. before the service and wait on God. They pray for the service and they see if there are things God wants to do in the prayer time. So here are the words today. Someone is feeling a void over them like a black hole. The Father wants to fill that need with His love. And you have many treasures stored up in you. Jesus is going to crank things up so you will be able to share them. So if either of those words hits you in any particular way, please go to the prayer room and uh, 
see what the Lord will do, how he will meet you. I'm going to bless you, and our service will be over, but not our fellowship in Jesus. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the name of the Father of love, who loves you with an infinite, incredible, everlasting love. May he, through his Son Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, deliver you from everything that oppresses you, heal you of all your diseases, give you a sense of purpose in life for this week. May he bless you in every area of your life. Amen.